0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Alec Ulofser is a PH guide outfitter helicopter pilot out of Namibia. His family runs Jan Ulofser hunting safaris. They also have a very large rhino project called the Mount Echo Rhino Trust. And at that rhino trust they sort of create sanctuary areas for rhinos, for calves that have been left behind due to poaching incidences. And Alex has a very staunch opinion about the legalization of the trade of rhino horn. And he just reached out to me and he sent me what you're about to hear. This isn't essentially a podcast, but rather Alex decided to sit in his vehicle in Namibia And just lay out his thoughts around this idea of rhino trade and the situation that they currently are in. It's a fascinating 22 minutes and gives you a little bit of background and insight from someone on the ground who is experiencing the issues surrounding rhinos day in and day out. And gives you some insight into the perils and the issues facing rhinos and their conservation for the future give it a listen. Most importantly, I want you to leave a review and I want you to leave a rating on this podcast and let us know what you think. Send us a DM through Instagram, send us a comment, comment on the post on Instagram, on Facebook, because this is a much larger subject that Alex very, very articulately puts forward in about a 2020 two-minute segment.
2: My name is uh, Alex Olofse. Uh, My family and I um, own and uh, operate a private game reserve in Namibia um, on which we have both uh, black and white rhino as well as elephant, lion, hippo and and, uh, various other species. Uh, So on a day-to-day basis we are confronted with the challenges of conservation and uh, um, right now uh, one of the big challenges is uh, keeping rhinos alive and uh, protecting uh, both uh, both rhino species, black and white. Um, a little bit of history on rhino poaching and the demand for rhino horn. Um, in uh, 1977 um, the trade, international trade of rhino horn, um, was uh, banned and made illegal. Um, This was done by CITES. Um, CITES is the uh, Convention on the International Trade of Endangered Species. Um, In the 70s rhino horn could be bought um, for, in the early 70s, for about one US dollar per kilogram of horn. That was what the value was um and then with the oil boom in the middle east um there was a huge growth in in demand for rhino horn um pretty much as as a status symbol um they used it a lot for making dagger handles and and ornaments um and with the increase in in wealth in the middle east um this is what uh, what uh, a big uh, boom in the demand for, uh, for rhino horn, and then of course there has been the traditional Asian market, um, part of which is medicinal value. Um, which is actually a smaller amount to also just uh, being a status symbol. Um, Currently, on the black market, rhino horn is worth about 60,000 US dollars per kilogram. And that's just for the raw horn, that is not for the worked product. Um, So typically, uh, for the Asian market, rhino horn would be smuggled out of Africa and then to Vietnam. And then in Vietnam, they would do the value adding, where they would then carve on ornamental products, make danger handles or libation bowls, um, jewelry. Um, and then the uh, the average resale value of the worked product of rhino horn is uh, roughly about 180,000 US dollars per kilogram. So worth way way much more than gold, cocaine, platinum, you name it. Um, and that is currently what the big problem is, that there is so much money in, uh, in rhino horn that it's just driving, driving poaching further and further. And unfortunately, with uh, the, more, the scarcer rhinos become um, and the harder it is for poachers to come by horn, that just increases the value of, of the rhino horn on the black market so um, in the last few years uh, we've seen uh, price increases and we've also seen trading of horn or investing in rhino horn as um, as an asset um, so there is actually um, trading of horn in the in the black market just as one would uh, would trade uh, gold now when it comes to to poaching and the decline of rhino um, people have Most people have only really become aware of it um, post-2010 when um, rhino poaching started to become bad in South Africa. Um, What few people know is that pre-2010, the domestic trade of rhino horn in South Africa was actually legal. Um, It got banned in 2010, um, apparently because it would give a bad image for the 2010 Soccer World Cup. Um, and then, about four years ago, it was reopened. However, this is only domestic trade. Um, international trade is still governed by CITES, Um and uh, right now there is no legal international trade. However, there is a flourishing illegal international market in rhino horn. Um, and even though one generally thinks it's mainly the uh, the Asian and then the um, Middle Eastern market, uh, rhino horn can be found uh, pretty much all over the world. Um, in New York, in Little Italy, um, if you if you look hard enough, you can buy rhino horn in some of the little shops there. So it's really only hit the media and and a little more um, the international. Uh, um, media scene and news scene post 2010. However, if we look at, at stats going back, um, in 1950 there were 100,000 black rhino, currently we sit with less, less than 5,000. So that means in the last 70 years we have lost 95,000 black rhino and um, this, is, this has all been due to poaching. Um, So one of the reasons that it started becoming bad in South Africa around 2010 is that um, most of the rest of Africa was was poached out. Um, There there used to be 33 range states or countries which had rhino. Currently there are only 11 countries that have rhino. Um, The white rhino numbers um, were very low in the 70s um, due to to overhunting and poaching as well and then due to conservation efforts in South Africa. um, The rhino numbers started growing. Namibian white rhino numbers started growing and peaked at roughly about 22,000 animals, um, also around 2010. Um, In 2010, Kruger National Park had an estimated number of about 11,000 white rhino. Currently, Kruger sits with roughly 700 white rhino, um, all due to poaching. So, white rhino numbers have drastically declined. And if we look at the statistics for not just the past 12 years, but the past 70 years, um, we've been losing rhino at a rate of of uh, roughly a thousand rhino a year. Um, and with the increase in the value of rhino horn this it seems like um, we are just gonna keep going on this, on this path unless something drastically changes. Um, if we do keep going on this path it would give us roughly another 10 to 15 years until we do not have any wild populations of rhino left. The problem at the moment is that a dead rhino is worth way much more than a live rhino, so a big rhino horn On the black market, would be worth anything between 350 to 400 thousand US dollars, just the raw horn, unworked. In South Africa, right now, um, one can buy a breeding cow for roughly about 150 thousand rand, so say 10 thousand US dollars. Which means that the dead rhino is worth 40 times the live rhino. And this is the whole problem. This is why rhino are being slaughtered. Um, this is why Mfolozi um, Shushlui Game Reserve has lost um, over 120 rhino just just this year. Just this year. Um, and it, it, it's not stopping. Um, so the question now becomes how do we save our last, uh, our last uh, rhinos? How do we keep the species alive? Because at the current rate, uh, we are running into into a genetic bottleneck, which will give us um, a lot of problems breeding them back up um, for future generations. But firstly, we need to stop the poaching. Um, so there are a few different uh, different thoughts on how to do this. Um, Typically, people would say we need to do better anti-poaching work to to keep uh, rhino populations alive. Um, but if you look at the vastness of some of the areas rhinos roam, it, it's it's near impossible task. If you look at Kruger Park, uh, they probably have one of the best uh, best anti-poaching teams in the world. Um, four full-time helicopters, um, dogs that jump out of helicopters, and it's full-on military operation. And yet, even with an anti-poaching team like that, they have lost roughly 10,000 rhino um, just due to poaching. Um, the other train of thought is that the uh, the end user needs to be educated, um, that rhino horn is, is worthless as a medicinal value, and that it is not worth the status symbol to see the species die. However, if you look at uh, at uh, the Chinese market, um, you're looking at a, roughly 350 million people that are in the middle class, that have money to spend. And to try and uh, change somebody's train of thought, um, who, these people have a culture that is 3,000 years old, and they are they are cut off from the rest of the world. Um, they they don't see the same things we see on the internet. And to try and change all these people's way of thinking is uh, is is pretty much impossible. It would also be you could equate it to trying to tell a Christian that they are not allowed to believe in Christianity anymore. Um, and a lot of studies have, have been done on, on the end users um, of the product and the, the users of rhino horn as medicinal pers- uh, for medicinal purposes and also as status symbols. And, and in most of the research done, the user is, is, doesn't know the, the state of poaching and, and what's going on with the species. And in surveys done, they would rather prefer horn coming from a live rhino um, and a wild rhino, um, and actually a premium is paid in certain parts for that. So, what do we mean with horn coming from a live rhino? Well, um, so when when you cut off a horn from a rhino, there's a way to to dehorn a rhino where you can cut off the horn without going into the nerves or into the flesh, and it's pretty much exactly the same as as uh, trimming a fingernail because uh, rhino horn is the same exact same. Uh, properties of fingernails. it's keratin. So when you try trim a rhino horn or cut it off it, it grows back. So rhino horn grows back with roughly about a kilogram a year on white rhinos. So dehorning is a is, is a means to try and prevent poaching um, to uh, to take away the the lure of the horn from the of the rhino. However, because it grows back at such a rate, you need to dehorn rhinos at least every two years uh, to, make, to make sure it, um, that there isn't enough rhino horn to make it lucrative for them. And still, if you dehorn a big rhino, um, you can't cut too low, otherwise, you hit the nerves. Um, so, you still typically leave at least about a kilogram to a kilogram of, uh, and a half of horn on the rhino. Um, And at that value, I mean, you're looking at at least 60,000 U.S. dollars just for that little bit of horn on the the rhino. And um, for that amount of money, sometimes poachers will even shoot um, dehorned rhino and, and just take that little bit of horn off. So, in our opinion, the only way to stop rhino poaching is to legalize the trade of horn because currently there is trade in horn. It is just an illegal trade, um, which we have absolutely no control of. Um, the poachers on the ground get next to nothing for shooting the rhino and actually taking the horn off. And then um, the smugglers and the dealers are the ones who, who um, make huge amounts of money on in, in dealing the horn. So the idea is if we legalize the trade of horn, um, and we can uh, sell directly to the end user, and we cut out the whole illegal chain um, from the smuggler and the the local smuggler on the African side to the international smuggler to the dealer on the on the end user side. So now the question is. Why is it illegal or why can we not trade in Horn at this present time? And this is all governed by CITES. So CITES has um, a few appendices on which animals are listed, and depending on how endangered an animal is, it would either be CITES Appendix 1 or CITES Appendix 2. CITES Appendix 1 animals need an export permit from the country of export as well as an import permit from the country of import. CITES Appendix 2 animals, um, such as uh, the African elephant, only need an export permit from the exporting country. and What's interesting is that, according to to the CITES legislation, it is fully legal to export um, a live rhino, an entire live rhino, to China, um, but it is illegal to export a horn from Africa to China. Um, in, since 2006, roughly 120 rhinos have been exported um, between uh, South Africa and Namibia to China. Um, one doesn't really know what what happens to them on that side, but um, it is assumed that they are bred there and dehorned. Um, some of them would be used in, in zoos or safari parks. But um, th- that with the amount of, of money in, in horn, it is assumed that a lot of them are, are bred and then dehorned there, and the horn is traded there. The sad part is that we are taking animals away from their habitat um, and they are being used there and kept alive there for exactly what we say we can do here. We can keep them alive here and supply the market. Um, without taking the animals out of the habitat, and unfortunately, this this just shows that CITES, even though it was uh, it was it was founded for the right reasons and for the conservation of the species, currently it it has become just a political organization. Um, with uh, with countries who do not even have certain species um, are allowed to vote on matters of countries that do have a species. When we look at CITES, there are 183 signatories to CITES. How, however, only 11 of those countries actually have rhino. But when it comes to matters of rhino and applications to societies to change legislation, all 183 countries can vote. Um, and then you have a lot of influence from NGOs and and green groups who are against the legalization of rhino, rhino horn and the trade in rhino horn. Um, they NGOs are typically against any, any um, sustainable use or consumptive use of, of any animal products and they push very hard um, at CITES con- uh, conferences against the trade of horn. And unfortunately there are a lot of countries that can be bought by um, a lot of the uh, dollars given to them by NGOs to vote in whichever way these NGOs think so the question comes up what are the chances of the trade of rhino horn becoming legal and my personal opinion um, the only way african countries would would legally start the trade of rhino horn is if they were to step out of CITES. Um, as long as uh, as uh, countries remain signatories of CITES, I don't see anything changing in the in the trade of rhino horn. There is just too much pressure from the outside, and unfortunately, there are too many polit- politicians at CITES who are uneducated and unwilling to make uh, to make waves by making hard decisions. Um, so as it stands now, I don't see any change in. The legislation at CITES, and I don't see any anything from CITES coming legalizing the trade of rhino horn. And unfortunately, I don't see many African countries leaving CITES um, because when we look at CITES, it's it's a lot broader. It's not just it doesn't just concern rhino. Um, it concerns a lot of export of other animals and trophy hunting as well. Um, and I I don't see African countries leaving CITES at a whim um, and risking a lot, of, a lot of their other export and, and revenue stream when we look at, uh, at trophy hunting in Africa. Um, which leaves the question, so what happens to the rhino? Um, and unfortunately, if we look at statistics, and not just short-term but long-term statistics, and the decline of rhino, it doesn't, it doesn't show much hope. Um, I believe that within 10 to 15 years from now we won't see rhinos in the wild anymore. And, this, and the reason for this is international politics. Um, can you really blame the poacher on the ground who gets a mere 5,000 rand or in a high instance 10,000 rand to shoot a rhino? Um, If you look at the unemployment rate in southern Africa, we're probably way above the 40%. Um, Can you really blame someone who wants to make some money to feed his family? Can you really blame the end user who's cut off from the rest of the world, who's cut off from the internet, um, who doesn't know what's going on on the ground in Africa, um, who has rhino horn as part of their culture for the last 3,000 years? Can you really blame them? Well, we're on the ground here every day and we have a solution. We have a solution to stop poaching. We know how to turn it around. Um, It's been done with ostrich. It's been done with crocodiles. When you think of ostriches, you never think that there was a, a time when they were almost wiped out because they were hunted for their feathers and their skin. And then legal farming of ostriches started, and now ostriches are a dime a dozen. Um, their worth has dropped so much that many ostrich farms have closed, because it's it's not worth it anymore. Same thing with crocodiles. Crocodiles used to be hunted for their skin. Um, numbers reduced dramatically, and then legal farming of crocodiles started, and now nobody ever hears about anybody poaching a crocodile. So, we have the solution. We know on the ground how to keep these animals alive and how to save the species. And yet we fight against international politics. So who is really to blame for the disappearance of the species? Well, in my personal opinion, every western politician out there and every NGO group are responsible for the, the, uh, the demise of the rhino and um, the species at this rate will go extinct. It's not, there isn't a a picture of hope, of we're going to save this, we're going to win this. No, they will go extinct. We are just, the more we fight the poachers, the more we postpone the outcome, but the outcome will be the same. Um, And unfortunately, you have uh, politicians unwilling to take take the hard decisions and the unpopular vote, and uh, politics, international politics, and Western politicians will be the demise and the extinction of the rhino in the end. Unfortunately this is not a message of hope, but it's a message of reality, because this is the reality we sit in. And now and then there will be a news article or something on the news and uh, some uh, headline about poachers being caught, and uh, people get the idea of... Okay, it's it's maybe it's not that bad, but if you are on the ground and you see it every day, you you lose hope. Um and currently as it stands now, there really isn't much hope for, for Rhino long term. So sorry for the doom and gloom message, but it is Well that's a it for today. Reality.
1: I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, Do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.
0: You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest.
2: Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented
0: by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.